What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Wednesday episode of Flippin' Bats, and we got a great guest joining today. Dodgers rookie sensation James Altman is joining, and I'm pumped for you all to hear this conversation. I think it's fair to say rookie sensation. I mean, that's quite the statement, but I mean, it's been a historical start to his rookie campaign for him. Great year so far, going through a bit of struggles, which I'm going to ask him about as well. So we're going to talk all about his career so far, his hysterical call-up to the big leagues moment, toughest pitcher he's faced, the rivalry with the Padres. Uh, this is truly a blast of a conversation. He's an awesome dude, and I'm so pumped for everybody to hear this. So without further ado, let's welcome in now center fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers, James Altman. It's a blowout, eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real he swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. All right, and here he is now. I'm pumped to be joined by outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers, James Alvin. James, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, and I, I want to start with this season because it's been a great, technically rookie year for you so far. Um, still classified as a rookie, though you played just a little bit last year. Starting center fielder on opening day for the Los Angeles Dodgers. At what point did you realize or were you told that you're going to be the starting center fielder for this team? Uh, Doc told me, let's see, we had the freeway series, like those three games yeah. against the Angels. Uh, I think he told me the second game of the freeway series, so like three days before maybe <laughs> was, day. was there a was there ever a conversation in the offseason I think he played four games the prior year so when belly left and the offseason kind of went the way it did was there ever conversations from the organization to you like hey we believe in you and we want you to be that guy or did it really just shake out that way in spring training um I think it I think it shook out that way more than anything uh I never got the sense that they didn't believe in me, yeah. but, uh, you know, I just felt like I still had uh, a little bit more to prove. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You can, Well, definitely after that first year or your first four games, you come up, it goes really well, I thought. I think everybody thinks that, but it's just four games again. But what were you able to learn from those first four games in the big leagues uh, that really you think helped you be able to come up and do what you've done this year? Uh, honestly, I think it was like the fact that you might get one pitch in that bat. That's the hittable pitch. And, uh, that's the one that you got to swing at. Um, you know, in the minor leagues, you can get away with like seeing one, maybe seeing two because one of them might be a ball. Yeah. Uh, I used to get three and I couldn't hit any of them in the minors. So that's why I'm here now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah, honestly, that was the biggest thing. So I went back once I got sent back down and it was like, all right, I'm just going to practice on like. The one hittable pitch I get, I'm going to try and drive. Yeah. So that's interesting because I've always obviously played minor league ball, never made it to where you are. But that's an interesting way to look at it in terms of you get one pitch to hit. So I've always heard and obviously saw it. Guys are still throwing 100 in the minor leagues and have nasty stuff, 92-mile-an-hour sliders. The stuff is there, but pitchability might be the biggest difference. So in the big leagues, you have the stuff and pitchability, meaning you might get one pitch, where in the minor leagues, you're bound to get a couple more mistakes, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's uh, 
you know, the execution up here is is pretty ridiculous. Like, I'll, I'll feel like I'll go five games in a row without seeing anything over the heart of the plate. <laughs> Sounds awful. Uh, so that that went well last year. The start to this season, awesome for you. I mean, just a, a breakout year. And then really your first bit of struggles in the big leagues coming in the month of May, um, first struggles probably, yeah, ever in the big leagues. What have you seen from pitchers? Do you see, is it something with your swing you notice? Is it a way you're getting pitched? Uh, what what throughout your struggles have you seen be a little bit different? Um, honestly, so it started, um, teams started throwing me in, uh, like, like painting the ball in, and I kind of got a case of the ends where I just wanted to, like, try and beat the ball to the spot. Yeah. And then from there, like, just started developing some bad habits in my swing. Um, I think we've identified them. I've been feeling better the past couple of days, to be honest. Um, execution hasn't been exactly there, but uh, the process was there for sure. But uh, yeah, I started going in, and then that just kind of opened the door for everything else once I started bailing out. Uh, you know, the yeah. up pitch, breaking balls below the zone, just because I didn't give myself enough time to actually get a swing off. So this is interesting then, and something I want to ask you, because I – my my career in the minor leagues was very very streaky i'd be very good and then very bad and i feel like i struggled to do what you're doing which is adjust when you realize something's off or figure out how to do it so how do you in the course of a regular season playing most every day also go through like a swing and mindset change while also trying to take it to the field and still have competitive at bats and not think about it it's easier said than done yeah definitely it's tough it's uh there's some days where it's like man like i just i'm just begging for a fastball right now like, <laughs> not, and and you're not gonna get it like these guys don't let up so um it's it's definitely tough but i think uh you know going through it a little bit yeah is is kind of the best thing because it's like all right like i'm gonna go through it i'm gonna get better and and just you know at some point it's kind of admit that like i'm not exactly where i want to be but yeah. i still try and be competitive yeah, absolutely. I, I want to hear the story about the rock mascot that you brought up with you opening day. I've heard all I all I know about this is that you brought a rock with you to the big leagues and apparently it's a mascot. What is the story behind this? Uh, so I got to AAA last year and uh, one of my teammates, Marshall Kozowski, walks up to me and, and he has a rock in his hand and he's like, <laughs> hey, this is Rocka. And uh he used to be the pitcher's mascot and then we started giving up way too many hits so we figured that he's good for hitting so uh he was passed down to me uh whoever gave it to me said you gotta uh, continue the legacy so he's like he's good for hitting I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him to you and uh that's that's uh that's gonna be it so he's like he likes a little coffee here and there <laughs> i don't know if you've seen the picture it's it's like a rock with like smiley face drawn on it but uh i have not seen the picture of it i just yeah, heard I, the, I heard there's a story behind it and that's great how do, how do you go about how do you go about giving coffee to this rock uh so like right where the mouth is i'll just like <laughs> pour like one little drop but uh it's uh it's not all the time it's 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 when it's like it's when i've had like a bad couple games in a row i'm like man I need something right now. Hopefully, hopefully this will be the good juju that I need. <laughs> you know what you should do when you're like, if you're really going through it at some point throughout the season, just, you know how guys like 
bone rub their bat. You should just do it with The Rock. I feel like that's like a brilliant way to get out of a slump, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's not a bad idea. You can see the stains on the... Uh, on oh, the there it is. Okay. Yeah, those are all coffee stains. Is that still... <laughs> is it still in your locker? Yeah, it, it travels with me. I use it as a uh, as like a placeholder for my glove to like keep the pocket formed. So it's... Uh, I, I mainly use it as that. And then... Once I take it out of the glove, I just put it up in my locker as a decoration. I'm just going to know when you get a couple of knocks tonight that I'm just going to envision the fact that you rubbed the rock on the bat and it worked out perfectly. All right. Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to do that right after this. So this year, uh, opening day for you was your first opening day ever and your first big league game at Dodger Stadium all combined in one. What in the world are your emotions like on that day? uh they weren't like too crazy uh after the ceremony stuff like the the announcing the names yeah. and the national anthem the flyover all that stuff that's when it was like oh damn like this is this is the real deal you know it's not like uh it's not any other opening day i've ever had <laughs> have you but, had a flyover uh, at an opening day before no yeah never that's, that's gotta be yeah. sick I love yeah, flyovers. I, mean, I can't imagine standing on the line for my first big league game and there's one. I mean, that's sick. Yeah. No, it was it was it was pretty special. It was like it was like kind of emotional too because, you know, you see it on TV and you don't really think anything of it. You think it's so cool and then you're, you know, in person and it's it's real. How do you then cuz I I've heard or seen you say before that when emotions take over, bad things can happen. How do you go from those emotions and I don't know. I'd probably cry, shed a tear. That's pretty emotional stuff. How do you go from that to, I don't know, within 30 minutes, you're probably having your first opening day at bat. How do you go from that to channeling in those emotions? Um, not easy. I, yeah, it, it's not. I think um, you just kind of got to like trust all the work that you've done at that point and yeah. just kind of go blank in your head and uh, just fall back on what you've been doing, to be honest. Uh, I don't really know if there's any secret. Everybody always says like breathing and stuff, but I think you look at any any big leaguer on TV and they're all taking deep breaths in the box and stuff like that. But um, you know, I think there's there's a little bit more to it. Um, just a little having a little confidence, knowing that you're able to do it, and and uh, trying to relax. That's the, that's the biggest thing. It's it's and it's easier said than done. I always I used to play. I feel like people would be shocked by this, but I played with plenty of guys in professional baseball that, if their nerves were rolling or something before and at bat, they would legitimately take a shot before going up to the plate, which is wild to think about. But like me being me, coming from college baseball and not drinking like at all during season to going to pro ball and seeing guys taking shots before at bats was like a mind blowing experience for me. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I've had teammates that have done that before and it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I've never done it. Um, I see the, I really do see the benefit. You're not going up there to get drunk, but like, just yeah. calm your nerves a little bit. Like, obviously I had a lot of over fours in my career going back now. I'd be like, why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and usually that the, the guys that did that, it was like, Hey, I'm grinding right now. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on edge the whole game. Like, I'm going to rip one shot before the game. It's, they're, they're by no means drunk or anything. It's probably like a little baby shot, but it's just like that little, like yeah. just something to take your mind off of 
the edge. Yeah. So that that edge clearly for you went away quickly with the emotions. You hit a homer in your first big league opening day. What are your emotions for that? When you hit the ball, did you know it was gone? How did you feel when it went out? I didn't think it was gone. I actually just thought it was a double. Um, <laughs> cleared it by like over or so. Um, that was that was pretty cool. I was I was pretty fired up. Um, I think at that point it was like okay, like the the four games I had wasn't a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. You're you're in a lineup now on opening day on. You're you're in a lineup with the Dodgers with multiple MVPs, many all-stars throughout it. It's one of the best lineups in baseball. But I want to ask you specifically what you've learned from two of the MVPs uh, with Mookie and Freddie, something you've learned from each of them. Uh, we'll start with Mookie. What is it with Mookie? If you play hard enough, you could be a shortstop at some point in your career. I mean, what, what have you learned from that guy? He's a freak. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, apart from just, like, the best coordination I've ever seen from a human being, uh, he's got, like, a crazy attention to detail um he's super focused like when he's playing catch three hours before the game he's like what making sure he spins the ball perfectly Jeez. when he's playing catch. like it just it's just he's got a wild attention to detail um and it's and it you know it shows once once balls get hit to him and he makes those plays and makes them look easy and uh like last night he had a he had a ball that was hit to him that he got to super easy and i was like oh man that's that's gonna land but uh he's just he's just really coordinated one and two he pays attention to the game and and knows himself and knows exactly what he needs to do yeah he's the perfect star and one of the faces for the game of baseball for sure with all the reason you said what about freddie anything specifically you've learned from freddie maybe obviously not an outfielder but left-handed hitter as well i mean maybe some similarities there hitting wise yeah uh the, the stuff that I've noticed from Freddie is that he knows his approach and he knows what works for him, and he will die on that hill. Like, Love he, that. yeah, he, and, and, you know, you look at his BP, every single ball is a line drive to shortstop or a ground, like a hard ground ball to shortstop, like for all four or five rounds that he takes. Um, and, and, like, I don't think that works for me personally, but, it works for him, obviously, yeah. and uh, and he he sticks to it every single day, every single swing, and and he knows that that gets him right. So um, I think just like understanding himself, and he's like, hey, this is what got me here. This is what's going to keep me here if I do this. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I want to go back a little bit in in your life from high school, where you're a star football player, and you end up going to California State to play baseball. How hard of a process was that for you to end up going there? Did you know, even though throughout your high school years you were great at football, did you know you wanted to play baseball in college? Yeah, uh, I'd say like my junior year around there, that's when I was like, okay, I want to play baseball. Um, and I think the biggest part of it is I like practice in baseball. Um, obviously, the football games are unreal, but but you didn't love I the just, practicing aspect in football as much. Yeah, like it was, yeah. it was it's fun when you're a kid cause you can like let energy out and hit people. And then, then it's a lot of, um, you know, game planning and installing the other team's offense and, and learning the offense and stuff like that. And, and I liked it because the games were awesome. Like the games were so sweet, yeah. but, uh, you know, I just had fun practicing baseball. I liked swinging all day. I liked, you know, throwing, you know, scrimmaging stuff like that. But, um, 
I think that was the thing is I, I just liked playing baseball all the time and I liked football games. Did you get football offers or were you telling colleges that you weren't going to play? I had a little bit of interest from like the small D1 schools, but uh, at that time when like they would talk to me, I was already going to Sac State. So yeah. I just told them I was, I was already committed to Sac State. So from there, you end up getting drafted seventh round in 2018, I think it is. And w I always ask everybody this because it's such a cool experience. But what was your draft day story like? Take me through that day and how awesome it was. Uh, yeah, so it was the second day. Second day is the three through ten, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, second day, uh, I had the stream on because it wasn't on TV anymore. Yeah. And uh, I was just sitting there, like, watching every single name go. And, and uh, like, my best friend and my, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, were uh, sitting there. Um, and we were just kind of, like, hanging out, watching the board. And then uh, I get a phone call from my agent. I'm like, all right, let's go. Here we go. And he's like, hey, uh, like, you should be going pretty soon, but we haven't heard anything. I was like, oh. And, <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, like, if, like, literally, like, 10 minutes later, he calls me, he goes, Hey, Dodgers are taking you at the end of this round. Um, like be ready. And I was like, okay, awesome. Name got called. Um, I didn't even get a chance to, uh, like witness my name being called before, uh, the Dodgers started to call me. I <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so like, I, uh, my, my wife was taking the video of it and then halfway through, you can hear the phone ringing and then I just answer it and walk away. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was, that was awesome. And I went and celebrated with my friends that night. And uh, a couple of days later, I was out in Arizona. That's really cool. And then you get to pro ball. Uh, a lot of raw talent, like freakishly raw talent of an athlete, but not extremely like, you know, not all put together by any means. You've described your swing yourself as like a caveman. I don't even know what that means, James. What does swinging like a caveman even mean? Uh, I think it means like if you – gave a bat to a neanderthal <laughs> and and told him to knock down a tree like he would probably swing really hard but it'd probably look pretty ugly and i think that's kind of what it was um and i think like a part of it was the football just because i lost a lot of reps at, in high school because of that i was playing football like in the summer i was practicing football five days a week and then uh i just feel like i lost a few reps from that um Ultimately, it helped me out, I think, because, you know, the athleticism and, and all that other stuff. But uh, I just I felt like I, I was catching up, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, you know, just I wanted to be a sponge and learn as much as I could. How do you go about those changes? Like when does a process like it's not easy to get to pro ball where it's the hardest you've ever, you know, baseball's never been as hard as it was the second you get to pro ball. How do you go about like a full swing change? You get drafted in 2018. I can only imagine the pandemic years might have helped you, honestly. Yeah, I I was during the pandemic, I was freaking out because I was like, man, I feel like I got a long way to go and I'm missing out on 400. Yeah. Items. But um, my scout, Tom Kunis, uh, got all of the NorCal guys with the Dodgers together and we were going twice a week, like doing live at bats and stuff. So. I was still able to get like a hundred to 200 at bats, uh, that year, which helped me out a ton. But I think it also gave me a chance to like just swing and kind of learn myself and like, like make those adjustments myself. Um, 
And, and the biggest thing was like, I needed to actually do it. Cause you know, it'd be pretty easy to be like, all right, season's banged. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Tahoe. So. And then that very next year, really, you end up having your like a breakout season and end up at the end of the year getting called up to the big leagues. And uh, last year you get called up. So I want to ask you about that because it's something that I like to ask every guest that comes on because everybody has a call up to the big league story. And I like hearing it because it's the phone call that you always dream of as a kid, right? And I, I was that phone call away and never got to experience that aspect. So I want to hear from you what your call up to the big league story was like and how it happened. All right. So I was having probably the worst week of my life at the plate to start. So getting that call was like completely off my radar. Yeah. And we're coming, we're coming up to the deadline, the trade deadline and, uh, you know, have a horrible game and I'm home and I was watching TV and like fell asleep on the couch and it's like, one o'clock in the morning and I get a phone call from our manager in AAA and I'm like, Oh man, I just got traded. There's no way way I'm getting called up right now. I'm, I'm not swinging at all. And then he calls, call answer. And he's like, Hey, uh, um, you're going to be, you're going to flight tomorrow. You're going to Denver. You're going to join the team. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And, And I was, I was, uh, I was like half asleep too. So I was like, I didn't know if I miss like misinterpreted what he said or what, but, uh, <laughs> so then, then right after that, I called my agent and, uh, I was like, Hey, I think I just got called up, but I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure. And so then he, he double checked and verified. He's like, yeah, you got to fly tomorrow morning. So, uh, yeah, woke up and we were, we were actually switching houses at, uh, like in three days. So we had to pack up everything that night. Uh, my wife's a rock star. She did it all. But uh, I get to the clubhouse that morning and the clubhouse is locked because I got the call so late that yeah. like the club, didn't know. And I was freaking out. And, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss the most important flight of my life. Uh. And um, I finally get the doors, finally get unlocked by like, like a guy that was working. Um, I, don't, I don't know what his job was. We don't know his job, but shout out that guy. Shout out that guy. Oh, so I was I was literally sprinting through the clubhouse trying to grab my stuff. Like, okay, I need a couple bats. I need my shorts, and I think I grabbed somebody else's pair of shorts. Uh, I grabbed whatever I could, threw it in the bag, and then sprinted out again. And then got to the gate, and then my boarding group was was going right when I no way. Yeah, it was pretty stressful. That's crazy. Do you have like from the when you got up to the big leagues, do you have like a welcome to the big league story, like something funny that happened to you? I mean, I know you were only up there for a few games, but anything jump out as like a welcome to the big leagues moment for you? Uh, honestly, like the only thing I can really think of is uh, I didn't play the day that I got there, but I knew I was going to play the next day. Mm-hmm. And that day, Muncie walks up to me and goes, just so you know, everything's different now he's like like, and he was saying like it's a different game yeah and uh i was like oh okay like really and he's like no dude it's the same game (laughs) (laughs) honestly that's got to be helpful like of course it's in your head like i gotta do so much better than i've ever done this is totally different so to have a vet come up and be like it's the same game you've played your whole life has to be helpful yeah definitely and uh 
I was stressed out when he told me that. I was like, what do you mean it's everything's different? <laughs> but uh, he's like, no, it's the same game. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so then last year, after the way last year ended with the Padres beating the team in the playoffs, and it kind of seemed like that was a hump they weren't able to get over, and then the offseason, the way it shook out for both teams. Coming into this year, it seemed like a lot of the chatter was, the Padres should be the favorite in the NL West. But so far this year, you guys are crushing it and off to a great start leading the division. Um, what what did you feel in that locker room? Was there Does anybody let the noise get to them? Was there any talk of, like, who cares? Like, I, I'm sure it's heard in the locker room, right? Yeah, it's definitely heard. Um, I think Freddie put it uh, – well, he's, he was like, yeah, we lost a bunch of guys, but, like, you look at our lineup, we still have all-star after all-star. And um, I think that it, it kind of reflects, like, our mentality in the clubhouse. Like, we know we don't really panic very much. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's just the culture of the Dodgers, like, just coming up through the system. It's very relaxed. And um, you could you could see in the big league clubhouse, too, there's, there's no panic. And it's just like, we're just going to go to work. Is it a fun rivalry for you guys? Do you enjoy playing each other? Yeah, playing there was was it was loud playing in Petco. Um, it was it was fun. That was probably the loudest uh, place I've I've played at really in, so far. Yeah. Did you see the? It became a big deal in the media. But did you see the Kershaw thing on the board, or were y'all already in the tunnel? I was already in the tunnel. I didn't see. It. I heard about it like that night. I think from my uh, <laughs> like from Twitter or something. Uh, all right, I got a couple fun questions for you before we finish up that I like to to ask everybody before it ends. Um, first off, I know you just mentioned it was probably the loudest you've ever played, but outside of Dodger Stadium, favorite place for you to play or visit that you've been to so far in your career? Um, I think the most surreal one was uh, Oracle in San Francisco, just because I grew up like right right there and went to those games, so. Um, that was probably the most – I was actually really stressed playing the outfield there because really? I was like, I'm, I'm playing in front of my friends. Like, I can't mess up now. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Atlanta is actually – it's a pretty cool stadium. It's a cool place too. I, I was I was surprised by that. Um, not that I was expecting it to be bad, yeah. but it's, it's nice. Um, I'm trying to think. Petco's cool. I saw I, last night – you guys are in Atlanta – now I saw there was a pitching change, lights go out, all the phone lights come on. Was that cool? Obviously, you're standing out in the outfield for that. Was it cool to just look around and soak that in? Yeah, I was looking and I was like, man, if I was a pitcher, I would be so stressed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. So out in San Francisco, you said you were stressed. Your friends are there. Did you grow up a Giants fan or and all, all your friends Giants fans as well? Yeah, I grew up uh, like 30, 40 minutes away from the stadium. Yeah. Um, I would go to games with my grandpa all the time, and uh, but yeah, I'm I, my friends are most of them are starting to slowly turn into Dodger fans. It's not the uh, easy. It's not an easy transition to make. No, no, it's not. And it's it's some people really feel like they're changing their entire religion by putting on <laughs> Dodger. Oh, uh, that's great. Do you have a least favorite place that you've been to or visited so far? Least favorite. Um. I don't know, all the, all the playing surfaces and everything are they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I would say like Pittsburgh, but not 
not because I didn't like it. I just didn't play well there. So <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, I'm not going to like anywhere that I don't play. At. Yeah. I've well, played in some beautiful stadiums in great cities, but I'll go like over 12 there. And I hate that place. This place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, and it's, it's weird how it works that way. And then like, if you go back and you have a good series, it's still in your head that you don't like that. place. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one for you so far in your career, obviously not a super long career, very short, but so far in your career, toughest pitcher you've had to face. Uh, Mitch Keller made me look like an idiot. Uh, yeah, he's been on a roll lately as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, he was, he was tough for me. All he was throwing me was fastballs and like, I just couldn't touch it. He had like, he had like three different ones and, uh, and he had that little slide set quick delivery is he was tough. I was, I was having a hard time figuring him out. Three different ones, like speed wise or like straight cutter running. Yeah. Yeah. He had like the four seam, the, the front door two seam, the cutter that would start like over the plate. Yeah. It was yeah, and you're like I can't I can't distinguish between these ones. Hopefully, I just get the right one that matches my bat. <laughs> uh, well, James, I really appreciate you joining me, my friend. Keep killing it this year. It's been a blast to watch. Uh, a rookie hitting multiple grand slams in a year. Honestly, this has been a lot of fun to watch you play, and I'm pumped to watch you the rest of the year. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Man. Of course. Thanks for coming on, man. See ya. All right, just wanted to thank again James Alvin for joining me. What a dude. That was a blast of a conversation and really enjoyed a lot of that, honestly. Talking about the swing change he went through, uh, how he used to swing like a caveman, which honestly, in hindsight, makes a lot of sense. If you give a Neanderthal a bat and tell him to swing, maybe that's what his swing used to look like. So going through that swing change and his call-up story from there, just a really cool story. James Altman was never that, like, top, top prospect for the Dodgers. So for his career to come and, and be what it is so far is really, uh, it's a really cool story. And it's what baseball is all about. So good luck to him the rest of the way, as I said, and uh, really rooting for him. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was a blast of a conversation for me. Hope you all enjoyed it as well. Make sure you're subscribed, following Flippin' Bats, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you for listening to this Wednesday episode. Until tomorrow, my friends.